your team, trade them out, drag it to your mates like you never had a doubt. It's been a marvellous week, and we're here to talk about all of the round three heroics. We resolved the endgame bet between Steve and I, with one of us, me, avenging our season. All of this and more on a big episode of FMDT. God, that song never die. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. FMDT is coming around for round three of 2019. We're back with another episode here to sum up all the round three action. With me, as usual, is Steve. How you doing, Steve? I'm very well, thanks. Joining okay. you from Sydney this week. Fantastic. Always jet setting. And we also have special guest... Long-time FMD contributor, Cam. G'day, lads. Good to see you again. Good to have you back, Cam. Uh, so, it's been, a, it's been a good week, at least uh, from my perspective. I'm back to loving football again. Um, we won't get into the uh, results just yet. We'll be summing those up in a little bit. But let's just talk a bit about the football round that's gone. Um, it was another nightmare round for tipping, pretty much. But I was pretty thankful that my team was one of the ones that was pulling out an upset this team. So Bombers are back on track. And it was just as I was about to flog off my membership for a uh, six-pack of Furfies. About to sell that <laughs> sell that thing off. Uh, but decided not to. And thankfully we're back on track. So it's pretty good for me. How did you guys see this round? Um, I did not enjoy Thursday night's <laughs> game. And no. To be honest, I, I didn't watch as much footy as I normally do um, because I guess just other things were on. And, yeah, I watched a bit of the Saturday night games, which were pretty good. Um, missed the Sunday games, which actually look really close, um, unfortunately. Did I miss them? But I was, yeah, flying here. So, yeah. Um, oh, well, that's a perfect combination for us because I w didn't watch any of the Saturday games, but I caught all of the Sunday games. So there we go. We got everything covered. Uh, did you did you manage to watch the Freer game this week? Yeah, I did actually. Um, because I thought, like, after um, fifteen minutes into the second quarter, there was this beautiful slingshot goal, and I mm -hmm. thought, well, we've got this in the bag. And then the Saints, yeah, I mean, like the Saints lowered their eyes. They um, kicked more uh, uh, goals that were just uh, either uh, midfielders sprinting in from like the midfield into the forwards or just like in, within that 35 metres. And when Jack Billings uh, kicked that last uh, last goal in f with 15 seconds to go, I was like, oh, here we I go. Think, but I think it was eight seconds left in the game. Yeah, it's and, 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 and they're really talking that up as if there was, there was a good shot of something happening there. Two seconds for the bounce, six seconds to boot it in, get a mark, get a goal. I mean, it was... It was possible, but um, I guess it must have had you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I mean, like, could you have imagined uh, if the umpire didn't give a warning to, I think it was Jack Billings that was in the forward half and just gone, oh, it's a free kick to the Saints, mm. or, like, free kick to, like, um, a team that would um, just, like, for the last eight seconds and that would be converted into a goal. If that happened to the Saints, like, in regards to, like, some of, like, the niggling... Uh, free kicks that we've seen like the last two or three weeks where even just you know getting your sh shoulder up to like uh, a player's chest gets you know draws a free kick that happened just uh, and the Saints got a free kick in the center square you know who's, who knows what would have happened yeah basically the Saints would have needed a free kick in the at the center bounce and we saw quite a few of those in the Melbourne Essendon game so yeah yeah absolutely it definitely does keep things exciting until the very last minutes that's for sure um, I think we should get straight into talking about the matchups, though, because we've got quite a lot to get through, and we'll kick off straight away with the big one, the one where we had a little bit riding on it, you and I, Steve, um, where you unfortunately were the victim of my team putting up a big 1,400-point score. And didn't go so well for <laughs> you this week. <laughs> uh, you went down by 77 points. So you might have been forgiven for giving up by Friday night because I actually had five of my guys turn up 
five of my six guys that played by Friday night. The only one that came up short was Harms, who actually was on 50 points at three-quarter time and then just added a cool 40 points to end on 90. And that went along mm-hmm. with my five other boys who, yeah, put up big scores. And you must have probably been, uh, yeah, uh, not not feeling too well after Hating that. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, watch the last five or ten minutes of that game and every single goal was one of your players. So I pretty much knew my... <laughs> <laughs> my was over. It was about six goals in five minutes, and they were all your players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just was a horror week for me. Mm. It's, just, it's just a bit of a shame that um, Oliver isn't uh, fit yet because you've got like um, most of like the midfielders from Melbourne just like not performing very well. Like Brayshaw is mm. doing pretty well, but Oliver, Viney, yeah, yeah. no, Oliver just needs to get back into those uh, hundreds again. Yeah, I think they all had interrupted pre-seasons and it's really showing that, yeah, they're not fully fit yet. Oliver's letting me down. Um, Elliot Yo's letting me down. Um, and, yeah, obviously Gary Ablett playing a th- the up-forward role is not getting the points he has done in previous years. So there's about there's about 100 points a week that is sitting on the... Yeah, or just not getting them, so... Mm. Yeah, that's it. So the one, the one good thing actually that I liked for your team, I'll give you a little bit of a compliment, um, was your pickup of Taylor Duman. That's how you say his name. Oh uh, yeah, he had a great first half. Uh, yeah, he did. He did. He went pretty big. That was a free agent pickup for you. He got eighty-two points. So at least you got a little bit of a consolation prize there. Um, but unfortunately, Thanks. yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Not enough. Um, on my side of the fence, though, I have given myself the um. The Quicksilver Award. Um, do you guys remember that uh, Marvel superhero Quicksilver? Mm-hmm. I do. Mm. Yeah, good, because I thought he was a pretty useless superhero. Um, pretty much absolutely useless to the story, just as useless as Harris Andrews was to me this week. Hence the Quicksilver Award for getting the worst scoring player of the entire round on my field. Uh, 29. 29 points. So there we go. So oh, there you go. Wasn't all peachy for me. But uh, I also thought I would escape injury-free, uh, which I've talked about a little bit. It's tricky to field a team that's injury-free, and it's happened again this week. Bloody five, got knocked out. Couldn't bloody believe it. Um, so he's probably going to miss a week, I think, as well. Got a pretty nasty concussion. Uh, could barely stand up and get himself off the field. Oh, oh I missed that. I I knew he got knocked out. I didn't know how bad it was. That sounds pretty bad. And it was a Sunday night game. So, yeah, probably in major doubt for this week then. Yeah, yeah as I said. Six-day turnaround. Up at um, Fremantle versus West Coast. But I don't exactly. think he's going to be able to play this week. Yeah. Nah, that's a massive loss for Frio. Uh, massive loss for me as well. So, yeah, at least you uh, took a scalp. Like I said, Gaff coming back is probably going to knock someone out. And there you go. Uh, that came out <laughs> to be true, didn't it? All right. Uh, yeah, and think... Gaff's benefits his own team next week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, well, one guy I'm really liking from your team, Bart, though, is um, Jack yes. Bowes. Um, oh, I thought you. he would be um, rising up a little bit earlier, and I took him um, sometime last last year. And uh, no, like the way that he's performed is pretty much how he should for like the uh, the draft pick that they that Gold Coast got for him. Yeah, for sure. Super happy about him. Went early on him in the draft, but it looks like that was for good reason. So, yep, super happy with Bose. Thanks for that. All right, I think what we will, the thing we've all been waiting for is to listen to this ode. So, Steve and I made a bet. The loser of uh, this matchup would have to uh, well, uh, create an ode for the other person. So, you had pretty much since Friday, I think, to start getting that ready. So, I'm sure you uh, had a lot of thoughts since then. Started at seven o'clock tonight. Yeah, <laughs> but I hope you like it. If winter comes next weekend, this last was a glimpse most harrowing. What forlorn hope I had on Sunday night to see the margin narrowing. Brutal strength hath thine team, O mighty guns that roar. Never again will I doubt the power of Brayshaw. Twas by the hand of Gorn, the feet of Lynch and Duncan, Bart's men, once scorned and broken, sent mine to places desolate and sunken.
I now see the different dooms our fates assign. Your path was triumph and centurion glory. To play with woe and hurt was mine. Loss, a wretched and painful story. That was that was absolutely beautiful. That was harrowing, really. Um, it took, took me to a desolate it's place a there. Oh, actually. <laughs> You were in a really, really dark place tonight, weren't you, Steve? <laughs> uh, I did take some inspiration from some of the great odes of, of history. So, um, yeah, I feel like I hit the mark in terms of how, how I was feeling on uh, Thursday and Friday night with the footy. So, yeah. I'm extremely pleased with that. You've done a fantastic job. <laughs> I couldn't have asked for more. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, let's put you out of your misery and stop talking about this matchup, and let's move on to the next one. Just, just never tell your um, children any bedtime stories with that tone of voice, because that might scare them. They might not sleep for about a week. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Chills down the spine. All right, so the next matchup is Chateau Vertiflor, who took out Cornflakes uh, by 55 points. It was the highest scoring contest of the round, and Cornflakes was unlucky enough to go down with the third highest score of the round. What did you make of this one, Steve? Ah, yes. So Millsy, top score of the year, takes that little prize into his um, hands for the moment. Right. So, um, sorry, and, sorry. That's the, yeah. that's the Captain America for the week. That is uh, because Captain America is in charge of the best of the best. Uh, is that right? Well. Oh, okay. Good to know. His uh, defense is strong. Um, Millsy's defense is strong, much like Captain America's with his with his shield. Um, yes. But his forward line is perhaps Millsy's only weakness um, that I could see. So, good looking team overall. Um, as for Shane, highest losing score of the year, I think. Uh, I didn't actually research that. It just looked like the highest. True. Um, facts, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I noted. Actually, two things I uh, thought worthy of comment. Um, Warple getting only a 60 this week, so the first sign of, of perhaps some inconsistency, which we expected might creep in as a 20-year-old. As a uh, not riding him off yet, but that's somewhat comforting that he's not just going to get 98 every week. Um, and the other thing, um, before you comment on these um, on this matchup, is he started Matthew Buntine, a key defender who has a career average under... 50 and it went about as well as you'd expect with him getting uh under 50 again so i mean he did get 82 the week before but sometimes key defenders get an 80 if their career average is 45 you you probably look at that more than last week's score <laughs> yeah key defenders are not uh the best players to rely on and that by shane is the ant-man of the round that's right the ant-man the worst free agent pickup because he was started for very minuscule results. <laughs> right, nice. right. Uh, <laughs> um, what, what, <laughs> the just, thing I is from um, Cornflakes. Go on. Was that like? I mean, like this is also just I think it's been mentioned before, but just like the inconsist inconsistency of uh, North Melbourne mids. Uh, you got Dom Tyson just getting uh, seventy-one, I think. Yubart uh, had Dumont, who's like uh, who had 105, but you know they all have a big range of like 30, 40 point gaps every round. Um, Shane uh, really loves his Dar uh, Darcy McPherson as well. When I watched the match, McPherson actually played a pretty good game, but just didn't back up um, well on the um, on the points. He faded away a little bit towards the end of the game. Okay. Yeah. And um, one one su nice surprise that I saw from um, Ian as well was. Um, Reese Conker, who is uh, someone that's got a lot of potential and someone usually picks him up um, after a couple of games and then he gets injured for about three or four weeks with like hammies, but he filled in pretty well for that five um, for that last for the last game of the round and backed up 104 and you compare that to someone like uh, Collier who's coming to Fremantle with uh, more of um, an uncontested kind of game, but Reese Conker is certainly performing far better than the other mid that they got, which was uh, Collier. Yeah, both uh, outside players. Yeah, good call, Cam. 
Um, and I just wanted to give a mention um, to uh, Ricky Henderson. A uh, bit of a shout out there for Shane, who picked up in the 15th round. The guy is averaging 102 at the moment. Uh, someone that I know Sahu was actually thinking about keeping at the time, in the 10th round, mind you. And I think he uh, was probably kicking himself for, maybe not necessarily for keeping him, but definitely for not picking him. Because people were really making fun of Ricky Henderson during that draft. Shane finally bit the bullet, and he's looking like one of the best pickups of the draft, in fact. Yeah, true that. Early days, though, but I'd be looking to, to sell high on Henderson still. Trade him out while he's uh, averaging 100. Uh, yes, that potentially will be coming up a bit later, Steve. Uh, but good call. Uh, and finally, I do have one more one more uh, award, and that is the Iron Man. Uh, because in this matchup, we also not only had the worst free agent, we had the best free agent pickup, and that was Jeremy Finlayson. That's the best free agent that was actually played uh, for a 95. Uh, why the Iron Man, you may ask? That's the question I was expecting to get. Uh, because Iron Man recruits the best. He recruits the best. Ah, nice. For, for the well done. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's right. That's right. Uh, yes. Yeah, you're a trade. It was like, that's your part. I like it, mate. Well, you see, you see what's happened, Cam, and for our listeners out there, um, we uh, had a bit of a talk with uh, Marvel Studios. We really wanted to get involved with uh, Marvel, Marvel Stadium coming on board, and Marvel's a big uh, sponsor of the AFL now, and so naturally uh, we thought they would also want to sponsor FMDT as the hottest up-and-coming mm. AFL podcast. Yeah. As long as we don't talk about the conditions. Just makes around. sense. <laughs> just makes right. sense. Yeah. So I thought I would, um, you know, just preempt their response as being a yes and start throwing out a few names out there for them and uh, hopefully we'll get paid. You. Yeah. Absolutely. Or at least hang out with the superheroes. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. So let's move on to our very next matchup which is uh, Aruri Bontrealis going down to Shada Al-Rahian by 142 points. So a pretty big margin of victory Ooh. there. I would say, that, like, you know, what a difference it makes when you don't trade away half your team, <laughs> uh, like, after three. Like, fair income. Like, that's probably the like, best score Ian's ever got, is it? <laughs> probably the best score he's ever got uh, uh. third round or later, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, yeah, that's con- big congratulations to him. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's done a very yeah. good. He's done a very good job, um, and most of it was on the back of the incredible Hulk, Lockie Whitfield. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really unleashed the beast there with his. Oh, made it angry. He did. He did. He, he turned green. He unleashed 162 points. That is the best scoring player of the round, and I'm just going to throw it out there. I think he's probably the MVP of the league currently. Um, he is not only. Well, he's funnily a... enough, there's a. Yes, sir. It's actually a medal. There is a medal that says who the MVP is, so who is winning that? Well, that's the that's the medal winner, but I'd say that Lockie Whitfield, not only is he the best averaging player at the moment, he's also a back, he's also a ninth round keeper. I don't think you could name a player that's more valuable than him at the moment. True, he's the whole package, yeah. So just on Kieran, he followed his typical pattern with uh, four scores over 115 and quite a lot of scores under 50 again. But it's hard to drop those guys because they're, they're Tex Walker, Michael Hibbard, Chris Marston. They're players who are, you know, you can't really be delisting them. Um, so I kind of feel for Kieran because he's got to just ride it out. Do you really think that, te- that Tex is not um, delistable? Oh, he probably is in this kind of scoring form. But so. if you look at his history, he's averaged 75, 80, hasn't he, for previous years prior to last year? So... Yeah, maybe you can delist him now. Yeah, I mean, he's a very form player, isn't he? Um, so you'd have to expect that at some point he'll bump back up. But, I mean, I guess it's how long do you ride that for, and especially when you're a team that's now lost three games. So I also had the point that Westhoff, unfortunately, seems to be currently playing a complete full forward role at the moment. He doesn't have that free reign where he just does whatever he wants like he used to. So kind of similar story, right? He can't really do anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. He's not going to get any value for him by trading him. Just kind of sucks for him. 
Well, he may still have some trade value because he's a Ruckman. Um, you look at a team like Max, um, you know, maybe there's some trade Cam. value there. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Do you, do you like Westhoff, Cam? Oh, you know what? I'm still in the market for a Ruck. Um, I think... There you go, Karen. Yeah, so, you know, just, like, hit me up if you... Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was either out of Westhoff or Ryder. And I think I did give him a... I did propose a trade to Kieran on one of those, actually. So, Kieran needs to get back to me in regards to uh, the trade that I put in for one of his rucks. It'd be, yeah, good for me and good for him, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think Kieran... Kieran's not someone that's traded a lot before, but I think it'd be great for him to get into the trading game this year, especially given where he is at the in the league right now, which is his favourite spot, 11th. So next up was I shot the Sharon, who managed to beat Aki Blakey Hart by 39 points, and Aki Blakey Hart's Nick's hopes were shattered, just like Jaden Short's elbow in that match. Very unfortunate for him. Wasn't Ouch. a very pretty injury. Indeed, and he had him and another big injury as well uh, to Rockliffe. Definitely didn't help matters for him. Yeah, I mean, they really cost him cost him the, the loss, um, being that his uh, emergency for Rockliffe only got 58, and Rockliffe was probably on track for high 90s, so cost him 40 points, which was the margin, really. So very unlucky for Nick. Um, yeah, highest scoring team in the league. And he's one and one and two. So, if he can maintain his form, he'll probably win three or four games in a row. So, hopefully, things turn around for him. On paper, like there's not really much you can say between the two teams, and it's just a couple of unfortunate events that that kind of happened. Um, but I mean, in regards to in regards to Nick's team, he, he he doesn't really have any passengers in regards to his mids, which I really like about his team. Redden had a bad week. But you had Chris Main that's um, racking up, I think averaging like an early hundreds uh, for the last three weeks. Last year he was dropped a lot, and you wouldn't expect that from Main. So in regards to his mids, he's still doing pretty well. And I agree, I think he will pick up a fair amount of scalps in the next few weeks, that's for sure, with the uh, the balance that he's got. For sure. Yeah. And um, big bounce back game for Kane Lambert, 142 after 44 the week before. Possibly the biggest week-to-week discrepancy we'll see all year for a player who wasn't injured in uh, either game. So maybe that's a stat to to look out for. Yes, yeah. let's make let's make that a point. Let's make that something that we'll look into. I'll uh, get the stat man onto that pronto. So we'll have that for you next week. What did you think of Jeremy Cameron's performance? Oh, huge, right? So no rants Realistic. means that Richmond just gets demolished. He had 12 shots on goal. Seven of those were goals. Uh, the second highest scoring player of the round with 147. And I've given him an award. It is the Hawkeye Award. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so he might not have been as accurate as uh, Hawkeye was, but he was still firing off shots left, right, and center and getting a ton of it. So uh, pretty good. Pretty good from Jeremy Cameron. Yeah, one max for matchup, really, because I doubt he would have been expecting more than 100 from, from Cameron and just, yeah, gets a huge nearly 150. Again, in a 40-point game, that's that's match winning. So, yeah, pretty fortunate for, for Max, but you can't really... Um, you can't really begrudge him a win when he made when he got 15-90 either. So, yeah, just two high-scoring teams going at it. Especially when his uh, defense is pretty tight as well. You look at all his defenders this week, and uh, they've, yeah, on average, it's around about uh, mid 80s. And yeah. so he's got a pretty good mix there. Yeah, really solid. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hard team to fault, really. So, very good win there for Max, uh, getting one over Nick. But, Nick, we think you're due for a bounce back, so don't you worry. We'll move on to the next one, uh, which is Jack Street's back. Uh, basically, take. Taking out the US Security Council in an absolute thriller. He won by 26 points, but it wasn't going also well for him early on. He was down by quite a lot coming into the Sunday, but in typical Alec fashion, uh, he came back from nowhere, looked like he was done for. And in that respect, I've given him the award of Loki, the god of mischief. They thought he was dead, but he came back. 
tricked them all and came back out of nowhere. Yeah, a huge Sunday night for um, for Alec and Big Scout took down our, our favourite team from the draft recap episode, which I believe is trending on Twitter right now, isn't it, Bart? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. I'm sending that one to the uh, executives and um, just getting that ready. That's the big. That's the big one. The big money shot for the executives at Marvel. Jeez, I'm not yeah. sure about the um, Loki Award, but maybe like the Slim Shady Award. I mean, just seeing Luke Ryan's hair just on Sunday, where it's just like bleached blonde. <laughs> Alec came back like Slim Shady in Eight Mile and just took it away. Took that battle which, away. Which which Marvel superhero is that one? I don't that. <laughs> well, I don't have a Marvel. I, he's not a Marvel superhero, but I do have one for you. Um, oh, yeah? I'm gonna I'm gonna dub uh, someone the Black Widow Award, and it's someone that someone that was been you know talked up a lot. Um, Black Widow's always in the team. She doesn't really get picked much. No one really wants to like just go out with her no. or just like just um, fight with her. But um, at the end of the day, she does accomplish <laughs> her job, and that's Rowan Marshall. So Shane, you need to uh, just you know. Pick, should have picked him up when he was available. What are you, what are you doing, mate? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. What are you doing? <laughs> but absolutely uh, massive score from Ryan Marshall. So, um, yeah. Big win for Alec um, on the back of Sunday night's game. Um, and, yeah, Luke Ryan was one that was looking a bit dubious after 260s for a 10th round pick, and then he's just gone, boom, 136. That's why you picked me in the 10th round. Um, yeah, he was help- helped by a lot of errant St. Kilda kicking, I think. They were really trying to uh, just blast it into there at the very end, and he was intercepting everything. He took 13 marks. Very, very good game for him. Yeah, and that was uh, Alec winning without Jack Stephen, which didn't really hurt him because he had Pal Pepper get a hundred. So, right, yeah, yeah. impressive result. Um, and I, and I just wanted to ask you guys. Uh, so Brett sort of missed the mark a little bit, I think, because he had Andrew McGrath on uh, the bench. So yeah, could have actually loopholed him in. He scored him eighty-one. What do you guys think? Should he? Um, well, would you have taken the eighty-one off your off your backs to loophole in? I probably wouldn't take an 81. Um, I, I like to go for... really depends on the strength of your back line, but I, I generally like to see an 85 minimum. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty damn close to that. So it's one of those 50-50 decisions that he might rue all year. In hindsight, Who, you can't really yeah. just shoot uh, Kate Simpson, who only got 46 points on the, on the night, and... Um, you can't foresee something like that uh, happening just mm. uh, for the very next day. So it's no. It's I was thinking. I was thinking more of a D- Dersma. He could have taken off. He would have won the game if he had played McGraw instead of Dersma. But I mean, he obviously went for the safety option. Yeah, so. Dersma got a hundred the week before as well. So it's easy to yep. understand why he'd leave Dersma on. But yeah. Oh, just on Cade Simpson. Um, yes. I've noticed he's averaging. 69 after three games for the overall seventh pick of the draft. So um, what are your thoughts, guys? Is it is it age catching up to him? Is it role in the team's changed or or just a bad patch of form that he'll bounce back from? What, what do you guys think? I just think in regards to the balance of mix that Carlton have now, uh, looking at their game, they've got a couple of other midfielders that they didn't have last year, like Sam Walsh and Paddy Dow. So I've got a theory that you've got maybe not just Patrick Cripps anymore, but you've got around about two or three other midfielders that are always following the ball. And it would have been up to someone like Cade Simpson to float up to, to the halfback, to float up to the wing. Uh, I think if you've got um, a couple of big bodies like Sam Walsh, who's still developing, but follows the ball very, very well, and he's quite a smart footballer, as well as Paddy Dow and a couple of others that get in there, Maybe he doesn't have to sneak upwards too more. Maybe he just needs. Maybe he just stays down back because he knows that uh, mm. the midfield grade in uh, Carlton is um, significantly better than last year. Yeah, that's a good point. A bit of a role change, staying down back more. Yeah, I mean maybe that midfield 
improvement means they're not having the ball down in the back line as much as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they've still lost three games, but they're not getting smashed, are they? So maybe that's part of it. And one to monitor anyway, because obviously it's a big draft pick, seven, seventh pick. Um, you'd want someone averaging at least at least 80 or 85. Um, otherwise, you're looking at dud of the dud of the draft, aren't you? So <laughs> early yeah, call, certainly are. Plenty of time to go. No, it might be a buy low candidate, though. Uh, so definitely one to look out for. Uh, we'll move on to the final matchup of the round, which was 50 Shades of Brown uh, with the biggest scoring margin, taking down Manny Barcelona by 215 points. Uh, he, only managed to, he only managed to score in the 1400s, Cam, but you really didn't have much competition at all. Uh, Sahil, Sahil just didn't turn up. What did you What did you make of this one? Well, <clears throat> just looking at towards um, again, like Sunday's uh, matches were the biggest influencer because I was looking at um, the Giants versus Richmond before the Dockers came on, and the first half by um, Dustin Martin, Trent Cotchin actually weren't too bad. They were pretty on par, and the, I thought, oh, okay, well they're getting close to fifty at half time. Both of them. Were well, I think Cotchin would have should have definitely gotten like a ton, and I thought Dustin Martin would get around about eighty or ninety. But uh, they both got uh, strangled at the end in regards to getting sixties. So it was just really unfortunate that um, that uh, yeah that uh, Sarah Hill's team just um, kind of like got a bit strangled, unfortunately. And um, I think in regards to the Fremantle uh, match as well, which. I think he had around about four or five players uh, just during that match for the end. Um, Ned yeah, Langdon was fantastic. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, Fremantle went back to their old ways where they had a lot of their forwards leading up um, to the wing and half forward. And because uh, they were always in packs of uh, three or four, there was you couldn't have Hogan clunking in marks. You couldn't have McCarthy clunking in marks. And uh, because they didn't have any crummers, um, the big fours couldn't get the uh, the ball back. So yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm really glad that I won the match. Um, but uh, yeah, a few uh, question marks around Sahil's team, I think, just after this weekend. Yeah, I mean Sahil just got Ollie Wines and Jamie Cripps back, um, and uh, which mm-hmm. in theory should help him, but he lost Trent Cotchin to a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Paul Seedsman to a knee injury. And um, to add insult to injury, he looks like he's lost Dusty Martin for two weeks suspended. So he does. If you're playing Sahil in the next two to three weeks, you'd be licking your lips for a... You could pencil it a a win in now. Um, And another player, Tom McDonald, got 23 from 73% time (laughs) on ground. Clearly injury affected had a knock early in the game played it out but really was ineffective kind of like the Stephen May situation the week before so um did Cotchin yeah. have a bit of a niggle as well um I thought he just like had a bit of a um a bit of a niggle or like a, a like a small injury yeah, yeah. Was injured yeah. yeah hamstring yeah he, he's gonna be he out weeks they're saying yeah so really no no good news there for Sahil after getting a couple of players back he's lost Another three or yeah, and I, th- I think Tom McDonald might miss as well, actually. So I mean, it might be a blessing in disguise if he doesn't have to start him, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think he might even miss this week. Um, and actually, that was the worst starting player of the round. Um, so the Quicksilver Award that I gave myself earlier should have, I guess, technically gone to Sahil, but I felt a bit bad giving it to a guy that actually got injured. So I did mm-hmm. award that to myself. Well, maybe um, it's the shape shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, te- things went from bad to worse, basically, for Sahil, and it's not going to be getting any better for him. So I think he might have... Um, to be honest, I think he's kind of... He might have checked out a little bit. And uh, this sort of leads me on to what will become our talking point, um, where Sahil is now at the very bottom of the ladder and has the n- number one waiver wire position but hasn't actually used it yet this season. Remains to be seen whether he'll actually use it this week or not. But yeah, a bit of a, well, a wasted opportunity for him to actually get some of the free agents to fix up his squad. If I was Sahil, I'd be taking, like, um, I'd be 
having a few punts on like um, a couple of midfielders that may have performed pretty well two out of the three rounds. Like you look at your um, something like um, I think Davis Uniaki uh, that performed pretty well in the first two rounds, and he had a bit of a shocker like in the last last week, but could possibly do well. I guess um, just players like him that are in the centre or in any kind of position, really, that could uh, possibly come up or just uh, free agents that are playing easy teams uh, just in the next couple of weeks. Get on it. Yeah, for sure. You've you got to take some punts. You've got to take some risk, especially when you're in his position. Um, I mean, to be fair, the free agency pool has been pretty bare. Um, and so we will move on to the talking points then. Um, the first one of which was free agency. Um, and that basically was my point, was that Saiwa hasn't used his number one pick, um, but there hasn't actually been that much off of free agency, to be honest. It's kind of mm. been a bit shit this year. Um, there's a real lack of number one options, so maybe there's just been nothing attractive for him. This week itself, there were only four people that were picked up that scored above 80, so what you would probably consider a, a, a decent free agency pickup is something above 80, um, and three of those were started, and while there were 10 that scored under 50. I mean, that's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of very inconsistent players getting picked up and, like, key forwards, small forwards, guys like that, key defenders. Um, that's not where... I mean, I don't want to stop people picking those players because it leaves the gold for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... The Talon uh, Doomans of the world. Absolutely. I mean, I, I got him after... Everyone else had done their picks on that Friday night. I waited to see what Collar Jasney got as my uh, back um, bench, you know, emergency. He got a shit score. So everyone's picked the eyes out of the free agency pool and I identified some talent. Yeah, I agree. There hasn't been anyone standing out on the waiver wire all year. So it's not like so he was missed out on, you know, something incredible. But you do have to... You do have to look beyond who got the highest score last week. Um, otherwise, Josh Walker will go, um, yeah, first this week because he got 117. Um, and you look two weeks ago, he got 39. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lots of crappy free agents. Very bad for you if you're at the bottom of the ladder. So I know a little bit about that. So hopefully, uh, God, I hope something comes up soon so I can make use of this good waiver spot that I have. We regret to inform you that we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stay with us and your regular programming should resume shortly. Okay, my internet dropped out, but we should be back. So unlucky tonight. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god. So before you even got on the the show and my account got suspended for skype so i had to like go through a whole process of getting it unsuspended oh, uh, apparently microsoft thought i've been doing something dodgy uh you know this fmdt thing is some sort of pyramid scheme or something god knows what they think <laughs> uh and then yeah obviously we the software kept fucking up the recording and now my internet's dropped out and uh oh god knows what's going on <laughs> I think we need I think what we need is that Marvel sponsorship money to come through and then we can <laughs> fix everything. All right, yeah, so next talking point is trades. Um and so basically as we've noticed there hasn't been any trades in this league yet, which is a little disappointing. So trade talk would go on for another 40 minutes. And so I thought I'd spare you guys and I've cut most of it. But basically it devolved into Cam throwing out trade offers and losing his mind over Nat Fife. And I thought you might enjoy a little bit of a snippet of that. How about, um, well, I do like Jack Bowes. So if we can add him in some kind of capacity. Or just straight up Jack Bowes, Travis Burke. That's a bit of a gamble. I'll have to think about that one. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. No, actually, how about um, Travis Burke from Nat 5? <laughs> so I knew you were going to suggest that. That's a good offer. That. I don't think that is a good offer. If 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 you if you if I trade him like to you this week, that yeah. means you don't have to deal with um Fife being missed out, and you can have Travis Boak. So I'll cop Nat Fife missing missing the game. 
which could therefore give you a victory this week. I think that's a very reasonable offer, but oh my god! All right, I mean... I'll have a, pl- I'll have Wait, a what, about that. Wait, what's that? My highest player for your third highest player? Nonsense. That's great. There you go. Good value, Bart. That's the only one. You know, you know full well that Boki is not going to keep this up. Wines is right back in there. He he might be okay this week because Rockliffe might miss. But apart from that, I don't think so. Well, I've sent that trade, so you need to think about that one. Cool. I'll procrastinate that one for a while. And good. Very good. He's a... <laughs> okay. What if what if I what if I threw in Darcy Parrish from that uh, five? So you can have a speaker Darcy Parrish from that five. That's mental, isn't it? That is mental. That is that is that is mental. What? <laughs> this is exactly why I got in that five. By the way, just so Cam would do yeah. this. Cam, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you should also think about Elliot Yo. Um, he averaged one hundred and seven last year. <laughs> <laughs> what? So Travis spoke for Elliot Yo. That's a deal you would do. Oh, I'm just, just saying he could consider it. We're gonna do that trade again, but I had Darcy Parish in for you because you you're a bombers fan. You like bombers. You're welcome. Sure. Why don't you throw in uh, an ex bomber for me as well? Why don't you throw in Travis Collier as well? <laughs> All right. Done. Done. <laughs> Let's go, fast. Hey, yeah, three players right now. <laughs> Let's go, bro. <laughs> this is so yeah, stupid. Yeah, I said that. I think Let's you go. should edit about the last forty minutes out of here. <laughs> oh yeah, I I, I am planning to. I'm planning. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, we'll All move. Right. We'll move on to my final talking point which was just to recap from last week. So, Cam, in the episode that uh, you didn't listen to and any other listeners out there might be in the same boat, I was trying to rename my team because I thought Gone Baby Gone was a bit outdated, you know, going back to a movie that not even that many people watched. I ran through a few options with Steve, and none. Of, and it turns out that I should have really fact-checked because none of them actually fit into uh, the character limit that I was allowed. So it settled on another string to my bows, which was made even better by me picking up Jake Stringer, but unfortunately team name was way too long. So we have to revisit that and come up with something else. One of the ones that I've uh, going to suggest is uh, Party Party of Five. I think that's new and original. <laughs> you are literally just trolling this guy. Just yeah. give me five, you muppet. <laughs> <laughs> but if I change my team name to Party of Five, I can't give them up. <laughs> Unless we want to trade Ben Brown. If we, can trade names. <laughs> we can trade team names. That's not ever been done before. That would be a that would be a league first trading team names. Wow. Well, we're the pioneers. I'm sorry, Matt. What are your other options? <laughs> the lynch mob. <laughs> lynch mob. <laughs> well played. You don't like that? Okay. Been been done before, I guess. And the other one was Dunkin' Donuts. Uh... <laughs> You've just come up with three other people. Sorry, genius. Uh, yeah, I couldn't look. I, I I couldn't have an original thought. I didn't have an original thought in me. Um, literally, the only thing I came up with was the one that Cam just suggested, just slightly different. It was going to be out of harm's way. Right, right. Personally, I like uh, out of harm's way better than in harm's way. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I think so. Unless I change it to your in harm's way. That's also oh, yeah. good. More intimidating. What about, what about something simple, just kind of like Bart's darlings? Oh, yeah. But I don't really want to give a shout-out to Jack Darling at the moment. He's kind of pissing me off. He pisses everyone off. Yeah, I can imagine. All right. Um, you're in harm's way. Sounds like the winner. So we'll I'll lock that one in. How's that sound, guys? 
sure. Yeah. If it fits. If the if the name fits. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on to the final thing, which is our feature match. And there's an obvious one this week. It's the battle at the very top of the ladder. So we cast our eyes to the battle for second and third. Jack Street's back, and I shot the Sharon. Now, the way we're going to do this, Cam, is that Steve and I have come up with some points. We've, we're gonna, we've picked a team each. I'm backing Jack Street's back. Steve is backing I shot the Sharon. We're going to give you some points as to why we think our team is win, and you will be the decider to tell us who has made the best points and whose team will actually be winning. I like it. Yep, let's go. Uh, do you want to kick us off, Steve? Um, sure. Can we alternate points, like in a we, in a debate? Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, three reasons that I shot the Sharon is going to win this week's battle against Jack Street's back. So, first point, nice and simple, has more points overall this year than Jack Street's back. Okay. Good call. Okay, right. Yeah, well, that won't be happening this week because I Shot the Sharon has got Tim English, his starting rock, coming up against Brody Grundy. He will get destroyed. A fair point. Um, I was going to say that the only weak spot, the only one in Max's team is the Ruckman, and he could quite easily make a trade this week to fix that weakness. He could be trading as we speak for with, Sh- uh, with um, not Shane, <laughs> uh, with Sahil, who has both Mumford um, and someone else. Um, there are a few teams that have an excess Ruckman. Maybe the Rowan Marshall trade might happen. So I believe that's an area that Max will mitigate by Maybe the end of the week. Maybe the best trade. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. With, 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 that's very speculative. Yeah, sure. Like, Alec could also trade in freaking Jack McRae or something this week. Like, <laughs> I, <don't know> <laughs> from, from I mean... <laughs> that would be odd. <laughs> but yeah, sure, I, it would be. all I'm saying... It's my rebuttal against we're debating. Uh, that's my rebuttal that he could mitigate. It's only one spot on the field. He has strong team across every other position. There you go. So back okay, to you. Good, good, good. All right. Well, my point is that uh, Jack Street's back has got Connor Rosie on field, and he is a gun that's going to tear up Richmond. Because did you see God. what Jeremy Cameron did? To Richmond, well, Connor Rosie is going to be the beneficiary of a weak Richmond backline, and he bagged five last week against the Lions. He's going to bag a lot more this week. I think it's laughable that you're comparing a third gamer or a fourth gamer with Jeremy Cameron, who's been runner-up in the Coleman and has been in the competition for seven years. But anyway, that's what you've done. I will personally <laughs> be betting on Rosie kicking less than two goals. Um, and I will just finish my, my close my case with Max got 1590 last week. 1590 last week with a 49 from Tom Phillips and only 61 from McCluggage and Cousins. So there's another 100 points easily available. How would you like to finish your case? I, I kind of had a similar point. So Jack Street's back got in the you know, mid-1500s, and he still had Seb Ross only scoring 60, Lyons scoring 70, Luke Parker only scoring 60. So with those guys due for a bounce back, uh, that midfield fire up and destroy Max's pitiful midfield. There you go. There's the debate. Where, Where do you see the winner coming from? Cam? Look, Max has been a pretty good pillar of consistency like in the last uh, two or three years. Um, I see Jack Street's back taking home the points at the moment. Just because yes, I'm looking, just because I'm looking yes. at um, the forward line for um, I Shot the Sharon. So you've got 
uh, Matt DeBoer and Jeremy Cameron uh, playing against Geelong. You know, that, that's going to be quite a tough task, especially when you've got Tom Stewart floating around, just uh, getting a lazy 100 points. Uh, I think Mike Walters is going to be pretty um, tied up at West Coast. Mitch Robinson don't seem really doing much against Essendon, even though oh, he's on the side. And uh, Tim English, yeah, I'm like, you know, that's that's a fair point. I, I think he will be pretty thrashed by Grundy. So, yeah, I reckon Jack Street's back got it, has got it this week. Mm, good. Fair enough. Good. I like that. All right, I guess we'll uh, we'll see exactly what happens uh, during the week, but one to keep a close eye on, and uh, I think we'll continue this format because that was a bit of fun, uh, and see uh, who can win the future debates. All right, that brings our show to a close. So that's it for the show. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, very good to have you along. Sponsors Marvel um, for. For sponsoring this feature feature length episode, um, yes, as part of the conditions of sponsorship, but it had to be as long as a Marvel movie. So, thanks for sticking <laughs> around. Yeah, uh, we'll <laughs> hopefully be paid handsomely and come back with a lot less technical difficulties next time. Uh, thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much, Cam, for your special commentary. Uh, pleasure having you along as always. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone. Good night. See you later. Okay, so I'm not going to budge on Cole yet. I'm you can, you, you can, you can, you can go, Steve. You just leave me to this. This yeah. is, this is our, this is our bread and butter here. Me and Cam yeah. trading. It's going right. to be a beautiful thing. I feel like I need to moderate things because you're going to do something insane, Cam. Do not give up three players for (laughs) broken arms, five like broken head, broken leg, (laughs) Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) Well, no, you put it like that, yeah.